I need him. I was thinking about quite a few things recently. I was thinking about Rosie. And here's a precious baby that is in need of our prayers. Here's a someone so dependent upon the medical care the that she needs and and then here's Sil- uh, Silas's brother Simeon just born such a precious baby that cannot survive without their parents I was reminded of that when we were keeping Silas uh, while uh, they were at the hospital and Silas goes to bed for a couple hours. So far, so good. But about midnight, there's a cry. And it did not matter what we tried to do. It did not matter uh, all the try to words, songs, rocking, uh, and then, and then you're reminded of, you know, I remember what that was like with our four. And as a parent, you feel helpless. But what am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to raise this child? And, but here's the thing that that child knew. It didn't matter what that bearded man tried to do. And it didn't matter what that sweet woman tried to do. We weren't good enough. We weren't his mom. And we weren't his dad. And all he did was want her. That's all he asked for. And I think about that. And it reminds me, am I like that with God? Do I realize my need for God? Do I cry out for him? Now, wait a minute. Do I cry out for him whenever I think I need what I need? I want nice house so I cry out to God I want a nice job so I cry out to God I want this sickness to be over so I cry out to God but is God just like my lucky rabbit's foot that, or my spare tire that I just pull out whenever I think I need him or do I need him do I need him in good times, do I need him in bad times? No matter the what. what. What about when things are going well? What about that? Do I see my need for God? And so in First Peter chapter 2, thinking about these babies, he says in First Peter chapter 2, verse 2, as newborn babes meaning you do what he's about to say like a newborn babe would desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby that baby wants to be fed that baby doesn't have to be begged That baby does not have to be coached. That baby does not have to be bribed, prodded. 
please, don't you want some milk, little baby? You, we don't have to do that. With That baby will let you know. And that baby will do whatever it needs to do to get what it needs. And it'll tell you in the best way it knows how. Doesn't feel like it has to ask nicely. It just wants what it needs. Do we see that I need the Word of God? Now, wait a minute. Do I? Okay. My relationship with somebody is not working out the way I want, so I go to God's Word to help me with that. God's Word can do that. It, God's way works. I can go to His Word to help me when I'm struggling, when I'm down, whenever things are. When, I'm, when I feel like I'm hanging by a thread and I'm desperate, but do I see my need for his word in my life? How to live? His wisdom. That he is the, the God that can save my soul. And he's the only one. And there's no one else that I can go to. I can't get that from another book. I can't get that from anybody else. Jeremiah said, O oh Lord, I know that the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man who walks to direct his own steps. I don't know the way without him, without his guidance, without his plan. I need that. But turn over with me to Revelation 3 in verse 17. Here was a church who had a lot of physical things. Church of Laodicea. Everybody else would look at this church and they would say, that's a wealthy church. That church is doing well. And what does he say in Revelation 3 and verse 16? After telling them they were lukewarm and he would spew them out of his mouth. In verse 16. Because they're neither cold nor hot. Verse 17. Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire that thou mayest be rich and white raiment that thou mayest be clothed and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear and anoint thine eyes with eye salve that thou mayest see these were I don't think these were people who thought they were that bad off I think if you were to ask them how are you doing they'd probably say good doing great Life's going well with me and us. That's the way they probably felt. But the Lord said, you don't know how destitute you really are. You don't know how poor you are. They didn't, they didn't grasp that concept. Do we? Or do we only see that when there's something we want from the Lord? Okay, now I need him. 
He's my means to that end. So now I pray. Now I drop to my knees. Now I search his word. Now I go to church because I want something from him. But what is it that I want from him? The job? The health? The good relationships? The friends? Or do I want the salvation that I so desperately need? Do I want the forgiveness and the blessings of heaven? It's not wrong to need a job. Those are needs. But here, just as an illustration, Paul, the apostle, is on a ship and they're out in the deep. They have their food on that ship. That's how they're going to eat. But guess what? These waves and this storm is so boisterous so treacherous, they're, they, they realize, you know what? Toss that stuff overboard. Wait a minute, how are they going to eat? They hadn't eaten for two weeks. What are they going to do now? All of a sudden, things they thought they needed are not quite so important. When we got the news about Ken, I thought about that. You know, uh, there are certain things that are seemingly important. And then all of a sudden, when you don't have your eyesight, you don't have, you're starting to lose your hearing. There, there are certain things that just don't matter anymore. But the one thing that matters is your heart right with God. Do you have the hope of heaven? That's what matters. Do you see your need for God? I'm begging you. If you're not right with God this morning, I'm pleading with you. There's all these things you think you need. The world's telling you, I have to get a good job so I can, I have to get a good education so I can get a good job so I can then make a family and I can have a nice house, drive a nice car. That's the important thing. That's, what, that's the American way of what's important. In the overall scheme of life, there's nothing wrong with that. But if you have that and you don't have God, you have absolutely nothing. You have, you have no idea how poor you are if you have all the money in the world. Remember the man who built his barns. I'm going to store up. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put away so that way I can be safe. That sounds like that's wise. I'm going to fill more barns if I can get more. And get more. And then all of a sudden, the Lord says, You fool. What if this night your soul should be required of you? Then what shall be with those things? Those things don't matter in overall thing, scheme of things. There are things that we think are important in even our struggle to do right things, good things. Do you remember there was a, a good woman who was being hospitable, as we should, and she's serving, as we should, and she's cleaning her house. It's a good thing to do. She's having people over. But her sister 
is at the feet of Jesus learning from the master teacher these words of life. What an opportunity. But in her mind, tell my sister to come help me. Can't she see I'm in here doing this? I need her help. And the Lord says, there's one thing needful. And Mary's chosen that good part. and It's not going to be taken away from her. There's one thing that's most important. And that is the word of God that will save your soul. It is the God who gives us that word. That's what's needful. Do we, do we know that? And do we realize that the Lord doesn't need us? But we need him. In Psalm 100, verse 3. Psalm 100, verse 3. It says, Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people, and the sheep of his pasture. We're in the palm of his hand. We're in his control. We need to know that. You know, there are sometimes we get to thinking, that guy over there needs the Lord more than I do. Because that guy over there, I'm not pointing anybody here. <laughs> it's just an illustration. We, we point at people. That guy over there needs the Lord because look at what a mess his life is. You, you, ever, you ever do that? You see somebody and you say, look, their lives are a wreck. Without God. Look, look at how their lives are falling apart. They need God. That's true. But do I need the Lord like that? And so in Luke chapter 18, we have an example of the danger of what we can do ourselves as Christians. Perhaps I see someone who is addicted to a drug. And I look at them and say, this person is, this, this substance has got a hold of them. And this person is, they're, they don't realize what a predicament they're in. They're wrecking their body, they're wrecking their mind, they're hurting their self. And then I might think, they need the Lord. But I need the Lord the same way that person does. If suppose you think, well, I don't do what that person does. I don't. I. I. I I'm. I'm not doing drugs. I'm not doing or drinking alcohol. I. I'm not in jail because I broke the law. I'm. I'm not like them. But do you see that you need the Lord's salvation the same way they do? So in Luke 18, Jesus gave an example of two men like this. One man goes up to the temple, verse 10, to pray. He's a Pharisee. Pharisees were strict. They thought of themselves as keepers of the law. They thought they were the best. And so he says with himself, verse 11, 
God, I thank thee that I'm not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And the publican, standing afar off, would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other, for every one that exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. Suppose you go to a person whose life is a wreck. And sometimes I've had these discussions with people. One example, this woman told me, my life is ruined. I've been married and divorced several times. I've messed myself up. I've broken what the Lord has said. My kids are split up into a broken home. They're being shifted around from this home to that home. It's too late for me. My life is totally ruined. That's what she thought about herself. She's right in a way about the part of her life being a wreck. But she's wrong about thinking there's no remedy at all. There may not be a way to fix that in this life. I mean, you've you got, got to understand that. Uh, there's some things, some consequences of some sins. If someone says... I've ruined my liver, I've ruined my pancreas because I have destroyed my body with drugs and alcohol and there's no fixing that, there's no turning around with that. That may be true. But you can fix the other part and that is be right with God. Live the rest of your time to the will of God. You can do that. But that person sees they, they, they need God more sometimes than the one who's doing a lot of good things, who goes to church, who gives in a collection plate, who sings, who's active in the church. We could be like that Pharisee if we're not careful where we think, I don't need him as much. But we do. Everyone here needs God so desperately. One of the prophets said when he saw the, this glory of God in the terrain, in the train, in, in the temple, in that vision that he had, he said, woe is me for I'm undone. I'm a man of unclean lips. That's what you and I need to come to realize. Or like Peter who's standing before the Lord when, the, when he'd been fishing all night. This is his craft. This is what he's trained to do. This is his job, his livelihood. He knows about fishing. But the Lord says, cast out again. The fisherman who knows about fishing knows there's no point in continuing to fish where... You've been fishing all night and there's no fish. It's just not happening this time. But he says, nevertheless, 
at thy word I will let down the net. And he realizes there's so many fish that his nets begin to break. He realizes he's in the presence of greatness. He's in the presence of someone that's holy. And he realizes he's not. And so he's embarrassed of himself. And he says, Lord, depart from me for I am a sinful man. Now that's a person who sees his need for God. Do we? Do I? Or are there only certain times of my life when I see it a little bit more? There's like reminders. I'm assuming I'm not the only one this way. But certain times in my life, minor surgery, I guess we should say, when I was having my appendix taken out, I remember talking to my wife, and I remember asking her, is this a good time to start reflecting? If this surgery doesn't go so well, am I right with God? Good question. Am, do, is there something I need to correct? What is the meaning of my life? What, what am I going to leave for my children? Have I done what I'm supposed to do? Have I done for the church what I'm supposed to do? You know, all those questions start racing through your mind. And it's like at those moments that you start to realize what's really a lot more important. It's not all the things that we think are so important. It's his will, his wisdom in our life. It's being right with him. It's his healing. In Matthew chapter 9, in verse 12, notice that there are times where, you know, we're not in a big rush because, you know, if you have a little cold, you don't necessarily just run to the doctor over every little sniffle or ache or anything like that. But when you start going to the internet and start self-diagnosing and you think the worst, <laughs> and now you believe, oh no, it, I'm getting near the end. And you start thinking like that, all of a sudden it changes your perspective. And I need help. But in Matthew 9 and verse 12, Jesus said, They that behold need not a physician, but they that are sick. Do I realize my sickness and the only remedy is the blood of Christ? Do I realize that? You know, there are several times where David, who is a king, you got to point that out. We're talking about a wealthy man. We're talking a man who is a leader who everybody looks up to. We're talking about a man who has everything compared to the average person okay but what does that man say several times in the psalms psalm 40 that was read or psalm 70 verse 5 that was read earlier psalm 40 verse 17 says the same phrase psalm 86 1 psalm 109 22 same man by the holy spirit has the phrase 
but I am poor and needy. Wait a minute. I thought David was a wealthy man. He's a king. He is wealthy materially. But he's saying, I am poor and needy. Why does he think of himself as poor and needy? Because he's destitute without God. We're in debt to God. We owe him. He doesn't owe us anything. He doesn't need anything from us, yet, he's, yet he offers everything. He offers to share it. We need his mercy. We need his grace. We need his forgiveness. He doesn't need anything from me. He asks for our devotion, our love in return. That's really not that much to pay. And we're not earning it by giving that back to him. And why wouldn't I want to do that? Because we do owe him everything. We owe him our life. You know, I can remember whenever I had a, a certain job. It was one of those jobs where you only get paid if you go into work. So, and some of you have those kind of jobs. You can understand what I, or you've had them if, if, if you don't have that kind now. And you understand what I'm, what I'm getting at. All of a sudden, oh, I feel fine. How, how are you feeling? I feel great. I'm okay. Well, well why? Because I need this paycheck. If I don't get this paycheck, what's going to happen? Am I going to pay my bills? I get it. I get it. But do I see my need for God like that? Do I see that I need to be with God's people like that? I need to worship God like that. Take the thing away that I think I need, and all of a sudden, oh, now I'm going to straighten up. Now I'm going to do whatever I need to do because i I got to get that check. But what about... So it, it makes me ask the question, what if my check stopped if I didn't show up for worship? Would that bring it out of me? Would that, would that be the motivation I needed? Because I'm going to go because i got to have that check. One time somebody said that to me. They thought, well, you're a preacher. That's why you go because you get paid. So you got to get that check. I get it, I'm human, but that's not why I'm here. I'm not here because I need a check. I'm not here worshiping God with you. I'm not here today because I need a check. I'm here because I need to worship God. And I need you. I cannot, and I really believe this, I can't make it to heaven on my own. I can't fight temptation by myself. I can't grow as a Christian on my own. I need you. I need you to pray for me. I need you to encourage me like you do. I need it. Whenever, 
we couldn't come together that those few weeks when several of us were sick and we could not be here our hearts should have ached as I believe they did do are we reminded of that that we miss it there's there's some times where we can't and that's that, that's understandable I don't think God is going to hold us accountable or I, don't, I do not believe that uh, he's going to judge us if we can't be here that's not what I'm talking about I'm talking about when I can be here and I don't and I choose not or I choose to be more faithful to other things my priorities are such that if money's involved I'm going to be at that thing if pleasure's involved I'm going to be at the sports event I can't miss that pray that it doesn't rain so I can have this game I played sports I know all about the, those emotions I remember what it was like when you pray for snow so I can get out of school I, I know what that feels like but that should never be the case with us coming to worship we should want to be here we should be as the psalmist said I was glad when they said let us go in the house of the Lord when David lost his child he was at worship he had to be with the people of God because he needed it and so that need and the Smiths I, I appreciate your feelings of need to be here and, and to clear the air I think it was fine for you being safe so I wanted to that's not what I'm talking about but do we see our do, do we long to be together like that do we want to give and I, I need to participate I, not for me not to look good not to for any selfish purpose but I need to be a part of this grand plan that God gave his son for and Jesus shed his blood for how important is it how important is it to you that if the Lord were to come that you are ready to meet him he's not asking too much his commandments are not grievous do you believe that he's the son of God you believe with all your heart are you willing to repent simply give up whatever he's not pleased with and confess I believe Jesus is the son of God be baptized in water your sins will be washed away and then live for him why not do that it's available do you see your need for the remission of sins do you see your need for God do you see how desperate you are and if you're a Christian don't forget that you were purged from your old sins keep growing so that you won't stumble
Stay faithful and diligent. Whatever your need is, won't you come while we stand and as we sing? <laughs>